But anyway, and that is our topic for today, uh, life after fundamentalism. And uh, our guest today, the first time ever on the podcast, and unfortunately it had to be toward the end, uh, Shannon uh, Makajina, welcome to our podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Okay. And I'm sorry that this is the end. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping... I'm hoping after a little while, maybe uh, we'll, we'll we'll bring it back. But I, I'm I'm right now planning. This will be it for now, and then we'll see how things are in, in, in a little bit. Um, so, Shannon, we're we're talking about leaving fundamentalism, and I came across you. I think I can't remember if I came across your website first or seeing you on. Um, I think the the. Um, um, the Facebook page now from the other podcast that's out there, um, um, recovering fundamentalism podcast, Re- recovering fundamentalism. Yes. yes. Um, and, and Nate's been on this podcast before. Um, and JC okay. never actually <clears throat> grew with me on that. So I'm a little bitter and maybe that's why I'm ending the podcast. <laughs> it's all JC Grove's fault. Um, not <laughs> ever hear this, but anyway, um, so Shannon, right? we're talking about fundamentalism here. And so we both kind of have a, a little bit of a similar background growing up in independent fundamental Baptist uh, circles. And so um, it's interesting always to hear about how the secular world talks about fundamentalism because in, in the secular society, fundamentalism is anything that basically, if, if you take the Bible seriously, you're a fundamentalist. Yes. Um, but growing up in self-identified fundamentalism, oh no, no. I mean, we would never accept guys like Harry Falwell or Billy Graham. Uh, those were, those are Mm -hmm. fundamentalists in the larger sense because they, they they try to follow the word of God, but no, 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 we are fundamentalists. We're soul winning, sin hating, Bible thumping, (laughs) case only, uh, fundamentalists, fighting fundamentalists. And um, so that's, that's the kind of fundamentalism we're talking about here. Um, mm-hmm. I think some would even dare call it legalism. Do you think that's a safe? Yes. For sure. Tell us a little bit about your experience, just kind of a, an abbreviated version of, of your testimony. Yeah. So when we talk about what fundamentalism is, the first thing that comes to mind for me is honestly what Jesus said about um, the Pharisees. He said, yes. Woe to you, you pay a tenth of mint, dill, and cumin, and yet you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And my experience of fundamentalism has been characterized by a lack of those three things. And I think many other people would agree with that as well. Um, Jesus also says, he says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines, human commands. Abandoning the command of God, you hold on to human tradition. And I think there could be no better way to describe exactly what fundamentalism is. It abandons the command of God and it holds on to human tradition. And I think it's important to note that um, fundamentalism is not just Baptist. It's not just those who would say they're independent fundamental Baptists. 
Right. Um, that kind of legalistic thinking can apply to the Amish, the Mennonites, Pentecostal Holiness, Seventh-day Adventist, many other groups. In fact, I'd say any group that elevates their man-made standards above the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? So my experience with fundamentalism, I grew up IFB. I was born IFB. My father was a big name in IFB circles because he wrote a book about um, rejecting contemporary Christian music. So he was well known in the circles we grew up in, which were like Bob Jones circles. Yeah. I was homeschooled. I lived inside a bubble. I was probably 13 till I met somebody who wasn't IFB outside of like, you know, people at the grocery store, right? I was um, drinking the Kool-Aid, brainwashed. I was even more legalistic than my parents were. And I met a friend who wasn't IFB. And there were a few other things that happened that started me questioning whether um, IFB was the true church. And when I started to question, my parents got very angry. I got in a ton of trouble and I started getting disowned. And that was even more off-putting to me as I would question if this is truly what God commands, if this is the true church, why would it cause you to reject your own family? Um, why would it lead you to be like that? And so I thought that was who God was since I saw that reflected in the shunning I was experiencing by my family and my church. So I gave up on God for about three years from 17 to 18, just last year. And I almost died. I tried to commit suicide multiple times. I didn't think there was any hope for me to leave the IFB because I knew that if I left, my parents would throw me out of the house and I had nowhere to go. I didn't really know anyone who wasn't IFB. So um, last year I started reading the Bible. I had an evangelical friend who convinced me to actually read the Bible for myself. And I read the book of Galatians and I discovered that the law is not a good thing. It's actually a curse that Jesus came to redeem us from. And that completely changed the trajectory of my life. So I left IFB on my 18th birthday. <laughs> Um, my pastor was not too happy with me. He told me that the gospel was only important for lost people and that after you got saved, what was important was keeping his rules that he made. Yes. And a few months after that, my parents caught me with a book in my car that was literally entitled Gospel. And that got me thrown out of the house. So... <laughs> Um, fortunately the Holy Spirit was working and I found a soft place to land that very day, which was, I'm sorry, we don't have the time to get into it. It was a miracle story. It was absolutely a miracle that I found a place to live that very day that I had, um, never expected. And I'm still there today. So that's kind of a very short synopsis of my background. And, and what I appreciate that is about that is it wasn't just a, there, it, there and you can correct me if I'm wrong. There wasn't like an incident of hurt or there wasn't something in particular that's like, okay, I'm out. But it was, it was reading through scripture and, mm -hmm. I, you know, it's, it's amazing. You're, you're, you're reading through Galatians, which is all about our freedom. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yes. He's made us free from the law. He's made us free from all this. Yes. And, and he's rejoicing in, in the true gospel, not the gospel that's, there's a fake gospel he kind of describes in, in chapter one, Paul does, um, he says, no, 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 no. The, the, the law was like a school teacher and you've graduated. You don't need to go back to that anymore. That's mm -hmm. not, I, yes. I fulfilled that. Christ has fulfilled that. Anyway. Yes. And so now, man, you're free. Live like mm -hmm. it, you know? Um, and I think mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's I, I remember my first days leaving 
uh, this fundamentalist bubble and realizing I could do a lot more stuff. Now, we're not, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about, I wasn't going out <clears throat> yeah. doing drugs. I wasn't smoking. I wasn't drinking. I right. still drink. Um, and, and I'm not just looking to, you know, sleep with my girlfriend. In fact, I was married at the time. So uh, still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it, it wasn't just about, I wanted to embrace all of this sin. But I found something that I, I was shocking to me that there was a greater body of Christ mm-hmm. than just the bubble I had been in. Because that's, I think, the number one thing that scared me um, was that when I was starting to see through scripture um, some problems in the legalistic system I was in, I had been conditioned my entire life to think everybody else has compromised the gospel. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has sold their soul to Satan practically. Mm-hmm. And there was nowhere else to go. This is the only thing. This is the only place. This is the only church that still preaches the gospel. And little did I know, I mean, that, that's yes. a typical almost cult-like um, it is. relationship. So how was that mm-hmm. when, you, uh, when you're first thinking, okay, there's more to faith. There's more to the Christian faith than just my bubble. Was that a scary experience? It was terrifying. So the friend I made, she was Southern Baptist. And um, she went to a, a mega Southern Baptist church. It was like a big church with a contemporary mm. worship service. And I remember when she first started telling me about her church, I told her her church was not a real church. Yeah. Um, you can't have electric guitars and a fog machine on the stage and your pastor cannot preach in tennis shoes and a t-shirt and still have this be a church. That's not what the Bible teaches about church. It's not biblical according to how I thought, right? And I remember listening to one of the sermons her youth pastor preached and just being absolutely blown away because I had never heard a sermon like that in my whole life. And um, the sermon itself wasn't anything particularly special looking back, but it was the first time I had ever actually heard the Bible preached without people's opinions watering it down and perverting it. And it it just shocked me. And it also led me to think, um, was the Holy Spirit unable to work in my life because her pastor was wearing tennis shoes and a t-shirt and shorts when he preached that. And that really got me questioning, how could the Holy Spirit work in my life through this sermon if her pastor is not a pastor and her church is not a church? And it, it really led me down this trajectory of questioning whether other believers were really as awful as I had previously thought they were. And I found out, um, actually, it was it was my problem that I was so legalistic in my thinking. Um, that was a huge thing. That was something yes. that, that amazed me when I uh, first came to the school I'm, I'm currently teaching at, and realizing, okay, here are some people from different denominations that normally I would never have associated with. Yes. And realizing, not only did they believe the gospel, because I thought, okay, some of these guys believe the gospel; they're just off on everything else. Yeah. But these were genuine Christians who mm-hmm. provided great. Uh, comfort to me, encouragement to me, and even edified me, taught me that I had been cut off from for for mm-hmm. years, and I didn't yeah. know what I was missing until I realized that. Yeah, I remember um, I wanted to go serve food at a homeless shelter. I had to do some sort of community service for a 
school assignment when I was like 17. And I went and served at this Christian shelter that was serving food to the homeless. And my parents only let me go there once to fulfill the requirement for the assignment. And I loved it. And I wanted to go back. It was just so healing for me. I was depressed. I was hurting. And it was so healing for me to hand out breakfast sandwiches to these homeless people. And they wouldn't let me go back because um, the people at the shelter and the leadership were Presbyterians and they didn't want me yeah. to be influenced or talk to Presbyterians. <laughs> who would have thought that people who baptize babies could be saved themselves? I know, right? <laughs> um, so what advice do you have for people who were, who were where we were at, at one point? And then they're starting to see, listen, uh, I'm coming to some realizations in, in scripture that just don't square up with what I've been taught. And but I, I don't know what to do next. I don't know where to go. Um, and, I, and I know there are, there are listeners to this podcast who are in that position. Of course, yes. they never admit they listen to this podcast. But mm-hmm. um, they're, they're, they're out there and they're thinking, I, I just, I don't know what lies beyond here. I'm a little scared of what the unknown. So what, what advice do you have for people like that? Yeah, so I want to start by acknowledging those who might be listening secretly, um, because I was one of those people at one time. Not too long ago, I was the person hiding in my closet at three o'clock in the morning, listening to, you know, another pastor, another church, um, hoping my parents wouldn't find out. I um, And it may not just be a kid. It may be, you know, a pastor, you're you're watching this on your church computer and they might track you, you know, or, or maybe a wife and your husband would be very upset or, or vice versa. If they found out you were exploring um, what it looks like to not be IFB. And I want to recognize the danger those people can be in, in their situations. I understand the fear and the hurt that goes with that. And if you are listening secretly, please do not give up on your life. I understand that leaving IFB can be, for me, it was it was a whole identity crisis where I didn't know if I wanted to live anymore. It was just such an intense struggle for me. Please don't give up on your life. You are loved. You are special. Um, you are worth having a life outside of the IFB. And you are worth being okay. Um, if you're considering leaving, let me just tell you, if you stay in the IFB long enough, it will hurt you. It is simply just a matter of time. Um, if you continue to stay in the IFB, you are just waiting around for it to happen. And my guess is that by having to listen secretly, um, I mean, that should be a, a clue in itself that this is not a healthy situation. That's not a good thing, right? Here's the other thing, though. Leaving is not easy, and I'm not going to pretend it's easy. I, I lost my home. I lost my family. I lost my whole community. There are people who will lose far more. I know of people who left and were literally homeless. They were sleeping inside of their car, Okay. Um, I know of people who left and now their children won't speak to them. They haven't been able to see their grandchildren or vice versa. We've all heard those, those stories, those kind of situations. I can't pretend they're not there. Um, Jesus said that the gospel would divide families up. But here's the thing. Leaving IFB is not necessarily about those particular rules that you may have an ax to grind against. IFB is a, a heresy that... Um, downplays the gospel. And if there's anything worth separating over, and I know this is crazy because IFB is all about separating from other churches, but I would encourage you to separate from the IFB because they teach a false gospel. They teach a gospel that is salvation by faith and then sanctification by works. 
Um, Paul says in, in Galatians, after beginning by the spirit, are you now going to finish by the flesh? And that is exactly what the IFB does. Um, so leaving may not be easy, but it is worth it. I, I promise it is worth it. I have been through a lot. I have experienced a lot of hurt. I have post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of the situation I lived through. Um, it's not been easy dealing with it. It's not been easy dealing with leaving, but it is the best thing that has ever happened to me. I would not go back. There's not a chance in a million I would go back to where I was. I promise you that no matter what your exit costs may be, it will be worth it. And you may not be able to see it that way right now, but at some point in the future, you will look back and you will be so glad you left. And then the other thing I want to encourage you is when you leave, if you get out that courage to leave, which I hope you do, there will be many people who will want you to abandon your faith in Jesus altogether. And I've been there and I've done that. And I want to tell you that not believing in anything is just as empty as believing in lies. I mean, they're both, they're both empty, right? My encouragement for you is not necessarily to leave and to just jump right back into church. I know that a lot of people leave, including myself, and you're, you had particular hurt associated with your particular church, right? Something happened at that church where you realized that um, IFB wasn't healthy, it wasn't good, that it was hurting you. My encouragement to you would be that if you're not ready to go back to church, that's okay. It's okay not to be ready to go back to church yet or to not go back to church ever. And don't, don't get me wrong if you're hearing this. I go to church. Church is 100% a good biblically mandated thing. But I, don't want, I want to encourage you to not um, give up on Jesus because you had a bad experience with church. Yeah. Don't, don't. And I would encourage you, again, and, and kind of piggybacking off that, um, don't just replace one form of fundamentalism with another. Um, because even, you know, uh, whether you, you know, I, I tend to be more of a reformed person and, you know, we have our heroes there and you have your set of expectations there and, um, you're, you're just, it's just, it's almost the same philosophy. You're just changing the names. And so don't neglect your freedom in Christ. Don't feel weighted down by, you have to, to uh, adhere to these certain Mm -hmm expectation traditional expectations which in reality traditional mean um so enjoy your freedom in christ embrace your freedom in christ and i appreciate there is also that that temptation to just leave the faith altogether and that's not what we're that we're not about merely deconstructing although there's a process there that's not all bad oh yes to rethink Mm -hmm. reconsider um and, and examine your faith because I believe the Christian faith can stand uh, questioning. If it didn't, it's not worth yes. it. Uh, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Question. Ask the questions. Don't just say, well, okay, now I have some doubts. So I'm, I'm ditching the whole thing. Go through that. Ask the questions. Ask the tough questions. There are people there to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and so my, my greatest advice is, talk voice these yeah. out loud because that's something that i i know that in my background i wasn't allowed to do because you mm-hmm. know yeah, God who said that's what he said he read it from mm-hmm. the bible so it it is from god's man from god's word therefore mm-hmm. it is truth 
and come to find out it wasn't got yeah. flying. Um, but there was some lost in translation here. Um, and one of the things I'd recommend is, is checking out Shannon's website. Shannon, tell us about your, your website. Um, so I started blogging this summer as an attempt to be very vulnerable about what it looks like to have faith after leaving a religious cult. Um, like I was saying about a lot of people leaving the faith and just really struggling to go back to church and really struggling to pursue a relationship with Jesus. Um, I started writing very authentically about what it looks like for me to just be in that process, about what it looks like to doubt, what it looks like to question, and what it looks like to ultimately pursue a relationship with Jesus and believe the hope of the gospel above believing in any particular theology or going to any particular church. How it's just important to develop that relationship with God. And while I'm not discounting the importance of studying theology or church, I recognize those things can be very hurtful for people leaving the IFB. And I just want to encourage you to seek out a relationship with God because he loves you. He personally cares about you. And there is a hope that Jesus offers that is bigger than the hurt that all of us have experienced. Um, when I left, I had, a, I had a lot of doubts about the faith, a lot of doubts about belief. And basically what I've come to understand is that I have an emptiness inside of me that I can't fill. And I have an emptiness inside of me that other people can't fill because I've experienced so much abandonment and hurt and trauma. And I'm sure you have too, right? We know that people leave us, people betray us, people hurt us. And so if we can't fill that emptiness, if we can't trust ourselves, and if we can't get other people to fill that emptiness, Jesus is the only thing left to put our hope in. And right. uh, you can believe in Jesus out of desperation. You can. You can believe because there's nothing else to believe in, and that's okay. I mean, Simon Peter said that, you know, Jesus said, are, are you offended? Are you also going to go away? There are things in the Bible that are offensive, and I think it's okay to just recognize that, that it's okay to wrestle with your faith. Um, but like Peter said, he said, where else could we go? You have the words of eternal life. Yes. Yeah, so um, that's mostly what I've written about on my website up to this point. It's just my personal journey with IFB and how glad I am to be out and just some different spiritual reflections. I have some content breaking down some different things in fundamentalism, and I'm hoping to do more um, theology-based content in the future, as well as calling out um, different wolves in the flock who are teaching dangerous teachings and getting into um, their lives and their teachings and exposing some of that as well. So I think that's a good place to start. If you're just walking out the door, um, talking with people or looking at, at, at testimonies of, of people who have gone uh, where you're you're headed and see I was I was blessed in the fact that as I was walking out the door and coming to these conclusions one step ahead of me happened to be my pastor oh and, nice um eventually he was unfortunately he was kind of thrown out of his church um but I was right behind him and so I had someone to, to walk with me through this and I want to say there, there are people who are willing to walk with you through this. Don't be afraid yes, yes. when you're ready to walk into a church and say, listen, this is this. Mm -hmm. And um, you'd be surprised how many people say, you know what? Let, let's talk about that. All right. Yeah, well, we and I want to encourage. Go ahead. I wanted to encourage anybody who's listening. You're welcome to reach out to me on social media. I would be more than happy to talk to you. And, and same here as well. 
Um, shoot me an email, see me on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, but unfortunately, the Basic Bible Podcast won't probably be there for you. Although you can feel free to look at all of our archived episodes. We'll keep those up. Um, but Shannon, thank you so much for, for taking the time to be with us. And, um, you know, we had actually scheduled this interview before I decided to, to end things here, end the podcast, won't just say end things. Yes. Um, and uh, so you, I uh, thank you for your patience. And I appreciate uh, not just your testimony, your patience, but your, your ministry as well. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and I appreciate everything you're doing as well. All right. So check us out, www.basicbiblepodcast.org. Um, you can also find me on, on Twitter. Uh, I, I've started a new uh, Twitter. It's X now, isn't it? I, I'm old. And yeah. I just, yeah, it's I X. Like That's what made me a great fundamentalist. Um, <laughs> but you can find me, Thompsonian Man, at, at, at X, which is my really feeble attempt at creativity and that's really sad but anyway um so uh check us out we, we, we have just a, just one more podcast to go until we have reached the end so until next time have a great rest of your week or however long it is i post the next uh podcast creativity and that's really sad but anyway um so uh check us out we, we, we have just a, just one more podcast to go until we have reached the end. So until next time, have a great rest of your week or however long it is I post the next uh, podcast.